Hello and welcome to episode two of This Man's Real Life. My name's Gareth Douse and thanks so much for giving the show a listen. First off, I have to say thank you to everyone who uh, sent me a, a message, an email, a comment. Um, obviously, last week we launched the first episode of This Man's Real Life with Brad Davis and I was thrilled, first of all, to see how many people listen to the podcast and second of all, it really put a smile on my face to see how many people messaged me and just got in touch and let me know that they listened to it and that they enjoyed the podcast um, and that they were going to follow along every week. So um, thanks, guys. Really appreciate everyone uh, who has enjoyed it so far. I hope you continue to. We've got some great guests coming up over the next few weeks and, um, yeah, really looking forward to bringing some interesting stories to you with a little bit of local flavour. Now, this week's episode... Uh, features Daniel Wilkins. Daniel is a uh, world-class photographer. There's probably no other way of putting it. He works for the West Australian and the Sunday Times. And whether it's sport, um, political photographs, landscape photography, general news, he really has done a little bit of everything. Um, Dan and I met, I originally followed Dan. I probably knew Dan before he knew me. I followed his Instagram account and I love watching his footy photos and I love seeing that behind-the-scenes side of, um, of press photography. And a few years later, through mutual friends, we met and, and became um, you know, mates ourselves. And um, his passion for the Fremantle Dockers might only be matched by his passion for the local community. So him and I sort of clicked a little bit over that. And I love spending time with Dan. He's an incredibly thoughtful and considered person. He takes a, a great interest in everyone around him. And he's the sort of person that I could see being successful in anything that he chose to do. He's obviously picked up the, the camera and gone down the professional photography path and his awards and his accolades would suggest that he's very good at that. Um, but I could see anything he picked up, uh, he would be very good at. He's, um, he does everything with a great sense of passion and enthusiasm and, and care and um, you know whatever that was going to be in life, I think he was going to be successful. So it's great to see. Uh, on a side note, there is a huge congratulations in order to Dan, his wonderful wife, Kelly, and their son, Dylan, uh, as their family has just welcomed into the world a beautiful, healthy girl, Lucy. So, mate, congratulations. Um, we both know what a fantastic and special time that is, so hope you enjoy it, and I'm really looking forward to meeting her soon. All right, let's wrap up the intro and get into the good stuff. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast and getting to know Daniel Wilkins. All right. Dan Wilkins, welcome to the second episode of the This Man Your Life podcast. Thanks, Gareth. Thanks for the invite. That's all right. We've um, this is uh, we're still sort of playing around with this and mucking around and trying to find out how everything works. And I'm I'm certainly not a podcast extraordinaire yet. So you're I said to um, to Brad last week he was my my dummy, but you're my you're my second test dummy to try and <laughs> get going and see how we go with all this. I don't mind being a dummy, mate. That's all right. <laughs> that's all good. I've been Excellent. called I've been called worse things. <laughs> I think that's what Brad said. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Well, mate, um, I suppose just to introduce you to our, our listeners, you're an uh, award-winning superstar photographer extraordinaire, quite passionate about the, the Mandurah area, obviously. Um, were you born and bred down here? Uh, no, I wasn't. Um, born in Perth. Uh, family moved down here when I was 11. Um, okay. My dad uh, set up a business down here, and so we moved down here as kids. Um, you know, did the last year of primary school at Glencoe, and then st- straight into Coodnup into High School, and... Um, but yeah, no, uh, full-time press photographer in Perth and uh, obviously love living down here so we've, we've never moved and um, yeah, it's funny, my passion um, for Mandra is sometimes uh, ridiculed, uh, especially so- on social media but um, yeah, mate, it's the best place in the world if you ask me. Yeah, mate, I'm with you, it's funny, it's something that um, I always get really, I'm a bit the same as you, I always get sort of almost um, 
quite passionate about defending Mandra because people carry on a little bit and, oh, Mandra this and Mandra that. And, you know, I am you know, grew up down here and I, I think it's, as you say, as good a part as anywhere in, in the world. Yeah. I've been lucky enough to travel a little bit and every time I come home, I just, you know, what a great place to live. So. Yeah, well, I haven't travelled a lot, so it's <laughs> probably an argument that's only not based on facts, but um, I like to think that we live in the best place in the world. Yeah, so, awesome, yeah. awesome. So you're with the West Australian Sunday Times these days? Yeah, so I um, uh, got my job with the Sunday Times um, probably about 10 years ago um, and then two years ago, uh, Seven West bought the Sunday Times um, so we we moved over and we're all one happy family now and um, yeah basically just work across um, both the West and the Sunday Times mastheads and made us a job that um, yeah I absolutely love it's uh, I'm meeting people all the time and um, love my photography and yeah it's just newspapers um, arguably a are, are an avenue of news that people are probably turning away from or some people think that turning away from and um but still as i'm still as passionate as ever um as a press photographer it's a really good gig yeah awesome awesome and it's interesting too i um uh, as you say there's there's an argument that certain you know I, I don't i don't think the newspaper as a media will will die i mean people get a bit carried away with it i think sometimes i think it will evolve i think it's going to change and i think all businesses need to evolve over time but um, there's definitely still a place in the world for good quality journalists and and you know you look at some of these people taking you know, amazing photos and, and videos and I actually think if anything um, it probably highlights the the good ones more so these days they're, they're more in demand than they than they used to be but the, the not so good ones maybe are less in demand I don't know yeah no that's true I mean um, uh, you know people think that uh, YouTube and Facebook are the future for news. Um, I obviously disagree. We have to adhere to certain ethics, and and um, you know we're responsible for things that we print. And um, I mean, all that sort of stuff's above my pay grade. But um, I only take pictures. But um, I still think that there's nothing like picking up a newspaper. Um, I don't like reading my news on the phone. And um, there's still generations of people that that agree with picking up. You know newspapers and they like reading the paper with a coffee in the morning yeah, so um, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that there is a, still a, a long future for papers yeah so. I think there will be and I mean it's it's interesting um, we get you know obviously going back to my real estate side of things people always say to me oh why do you guys still advertise in the newspaper well, it still works yeah oh definitely and um, as a as a press man we we owe a lot to the real estate agents because um <laughs> You know, if you take out the real estate section um, and the home guides, there's not a lot left in papers these days. But there, it's a reason for people to pick up the paper is yep. the real estate section, the magazines that we have, and um, yeah, no, it's all part of it. Beautiful. All right, well, mate, we'll get we'll get to the the newspaper side of things <laughs> a little bit later, I'm sure. But um, going back, you mentioned obviously you moved to Mandurah about the age of 11. Um, you mentioned your dad had a, a business. What did your dad do for work? Um, my dad owned an exhaust shop uh, down here. So my uncle. Um, uh, owned a very well-known exhaust shop uh, or, or chain in, in Perth and uh, Dad worked for him. Um, my uncle was, was looking at um, getting out so um, he had uh, Midas who were the company that wanted to come in and buy him out so Dad saw an opportunity to move to Mandra and, um, and did and basically yeah we'd been coming here for, for, for years you know all my life on holidays we had caravan down here and um, Ironically, I didn't. I didn't want to move down here. You know, um, I was heading into to year seven. I had a good group of friends. Uh, lived in Mullaloo, You know, close to the beach. Yep. And um, I didn't want to move here. You know, um, day one got to Mandra, and um, you know, met my best mate, who's still my best mate now. And 
all of a sudden, you know, Mandra was all right. Yeah, so, that's yeah, unreal. Yeah. What, are, what are your earliest memories of Mandra? Um, well, my earliest memory is, is actually is day one when we moved to a small cul-de-sac and just going to play cricket with the kids in the in the street and um, yeah, basically just playing in you know playing test matches in in people's backyards and cl- closing off the cul-de-sac and we'd, yep. we'd just play cricket for hours and get the bins out. Yeah, and and mate, we're still like I, I've met other kids um, from other cul-de-sacs and other streets, and we're all still friends, you know. So. Yep. Um, that sort of sense of community and it was just awesome, you know. Um, but, yeah, that, that and, and the beaches, like, you know, um, surfed a lot and we rode everywhere. So probably um, probably the beaches are a pretty um, pretty good memory for us. We used to spend hours down, down at Hunchies and, you know, we'd be swimming down at Mary Street Lagoon and it's just, uh, it feels like a lifetime ago, but, yeah, pretty pretty special memories. Awesome. So what's... Um, uh, Tell me about your mum and dad. What was uh, what was life like at the, the Wilkins household? <laughs> um, yeah, it's pretty special. Like um, you know, dad obviously being a business owner worked um, a lot, um, and uh, we lived close to to the primary school, so we, we were able to ride to school, I guess. And mum um, eventually, once we went into I went into high school, mum worked in the canteen, so um, probably saw a lot of her probably more than I needed to in, especially in high school I was just going to say know. especially in high school yeah um, <laughs> thankfully you know bullying and stuff didn't seem to exist back then so mum being the canteen lady really it didn't matter so much but um, it, in fact it probably worked the opposite way and you know the free ice creams every now and again was probably <laughs> beneficial but um, that was pretty good got a younger sister and um, oh, I guess we're just that sort of generic family you know lo- I loved um Loved just the upbringing, um, you know, we had, and we didn't go away on holidays a lot, but the holidays we did do um, were pretty special. So, you yeah. know, and I guess we were living in our in our holiday destination. So, um, you know, we we just spent um, you know plenty of time down the beach and yeah, just hanging out. So we're, we're pretty spoiled rotten when you can come home and you know yeah. it's a five minute walk away to go, you know kick the footy down the beach, yeah. or as you say play cricket in the cul-de-sac. Or... Yep. Is um you mentioned obviously playing cricket as one of your sort of earlier memories. Kids are funny like that. They you know if you've got a bat and a ball, we're mates. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, my friend uh, Justin, he um, you know, he became my, my best mate, and um, you know, this I'm talking 11 years of age, so I'm 42, 43 this year. So to have someone as a friend for that long, you know, is pretty special, and. Um, you know, even when he moved away to boarding school, we, we would still come back and he'd still play cricket for, for the whole school holidays or we'd be out down the beach. And, um, you know, it's funny, you, you, you pretend to, to be Dean Jones or Terry Alderman or whoever, you yeah. know. I was actually going to ask you who were your, who were your yeah, idols. Well, the... It's kind of funny, like, uh, when I'm batting, I was Dean Jones, you yeah. know. and um, Swashbuckling yeah, sort of style. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and I guess, when you know, I don't know, probably like a Merv Hughes or, yeah. you know, obviously without the Mo being being only 11 years of age. <laughs> but Terry Alderman was a bit of a fan as well. That's yeah. a swing bowler, I guess. But um, good, good WA boy. Yeah, yep. yeah. No, it's just one of those things, you know. You just play for hours, you know. And, yeah. and kids, it's almost lost on kids these days, you know. Um, I had a client the other day that said to me, half the reason the Australian chick, uh, cricket team's struggling is because the backyards aren't as big yeah. as they used to be. Oh, look, it could <laughs> be true. They don't play um, the long-form cricket much over here. You know, they're... They encourage kids to, to declare or retire, you know, when they've scored 20 or 30 runs and, you know, yeah. um, there's probably a lot of reasons for it, yeah. yeah. Um, 
So where did um, where did the the love for photography come from? Where did where did that first sort of start? <laughs> well, it's it's a it's it's a funny story, and it's one I've told a lot when I I do workshops. And um, actually, I didn't want to be a photographer. I, I wanted to go into advertising. So okay. um, I wanted to to be an advertising rep. And um, my uncle, who had the exhaust shop, had a very good um, advertising campaign. You know, back when TV and radio was was king, I guess. And and um, he had this jingle that um, was annoying, you know, um, it worked. Um, Stuck in your head. Yeah, so uh, his mate, um, he, he, he was in charge of creating all these amazing campaigns, went on to create the uh, HBF, the little bear, the little teddy bear that yeah. everyone could relate HBF to. Yep. And so I just loved the power of advertising and I wanted to get into advertising and, um, yeah, I went along to the to the local paper, and my, my parents used to make me do work experience on school holidays. So, okay. I, you know, I was year ten, year nine, um, got made to go to the local paper to do advertising work experience. Met the manager. The manager didn't really want a lot to do with me, so I got handballed to the photographer, which always happens on work experience. You know, um, I was there for two weeks. Um, day one was was bored because you know i didn't want to be with a photographer day two i wanted to be a photographer right um and then yeah basically um you know we were registering for subjects for year 10 at kudnup and kudnup had just introduced uh photography so of course i, I decided to take that as well as we had a, a media yep. um subject to take as well and um it just grew from there you know stars sort of aligned a little yeah bit yeah of just loved it um you know bought my first camera um can you remember what your first camera was? Yeah, I've still got it actually. It's a, yeah, it's a Pentax P30, so okay. sh shot on film. I've got all my cameras that I've, I've bought over the years, and um, yeah, I've still got it. It still works. Um, you know, I, I occasionally put rolls of film through it, but um, you know, I don't really like shooting on film these days. So, um, but yeah, just my, and then basically just the, the the second week came along at work experience, and I I, I was in just loving it. Um, Loved the way papers um, treated uh, photos back then. You know, they, there was this importance on really good pictures, and um, and it just seemed like the coolest job in the world. Yeah. So, well, um, they would have been so keen to the stories. I mean, the you know, write a thousand words, you know, as a as a column, but as they say, picture, you know, picture tells a thousand yeah. words. Yeah, so. I mean, back then as well, you know, you'd get back and you didn't know what you had. You know, you'd have to go into the dark room, and um, you know, like you might shoot a game of footy and and you didn't know if the ball was in the picture and, you know, things like that. And um, there was this, this, I guess there was this excitement about it, um, which it's not lost nowadays with digital, but um, it's probably a little bit more diluted. So Yeah, just um, a different sort of process these days. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's exciting seeing the pictures on the back of the camera, but I'm not like going back into the dark room and, yeah. you know, yeah, it's good. Yeah, well, dark room. I, I think I did photography in maybe year nine or something at the yeah. school. and. Um, yeah, as I said, I don't, know, I don't even know if the kids would still do that now, developing photos uh, and stuff. I'm, I'm not, not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think, I think they do. Um, you know, because this sort of, I guess it's like music, like you know, um, records are back in vogue, and film for a while there was sort of coming back. And uh, it's, I mean, it's an expensive way to shoot photos, mm. but um, I guess for the purists, they like shooting on the film. And um, yeah, it was funny, like uh, photography in high school, you'd have. The two or three students that would take it seriously and then you'd have the the 28 other kids that were just there for the free ride and to stuff around in the dark room and um oh you know some of the stories that would come out of of uh, what went on in the dark room in, in high school you could probably write a book about that might, that might be a different podcast yeah. maybe. so 
was your first passion sports photography? Because obviously you do a lot of that now. But is it where did where did you sort of what were your first jobs for, for photos? Um, I think uh, uh, my my first job actually was was shooting um, the Divinals, the rock band. Okay. Um, you know, and it was quite funny because I was seventeen and it was at a licensed venue. So perfect. I got snuck in, um, photographed uh, Chrissy Amphlett, who. Um, was just an amazing front woman, you know, for the yeah. vinyls. Uh, I'd never seen anything like it. Um, and, yeah, I mean, being front and centre um, in a section that I guess the general public aren't allowed into, and um, it was pretty exciting. But I, I kind of grew into the sport. I mean, I, I love sport. Yeah. Um, I love watching it. I love playing it. And um, to, to sit in the sidelines uh, or on the sidelines of my favourite sport was kind of a dream and um, thankfully, uh, you know, my job at the Sunday Times and even the local papers, it kind of, um, I was able to do that and um, I mean, it's hard to be a full-time sport photographer, which um, I would love to be, mm. um, but it's certainly a part of the job that I just love, you yeah. know, um, and I've created some really f special memories um, with being a sport photographer and um, I like to think that there's hopefully you know, some more memories, um, you know, obviously you and I being Dockers tragics, um, <laughs> you know, that first Frio premiership, hopefully I'm still on the sidelines yep. able to capture. So um, things like that are just, at the end of my career, I'd, I'd, you know, I would look back on them and just think I've been pretty lucky, you know. Yeah, yeah. So have you have you had a, a favourite sort of person? You've obviously met some some fascinating characters <laughs> over the journey. If anyone wants to jump onto your Instagram page and have a look at the at the superstars you've photographed over the journey, there's some there's some big names on there. Have you have you had anyone that sort of really stood out and surprised you maybe or that um, you've enjoyed photographing? Oh look the the big you know the the celebrities and the sports stars are awesome to to, to work with. Um, um are, are awesome to work with but um it's the little, the lesser known, I guess, people, or even the sports stars that are either at the start or the end of their careers that actually have time for you. And, and um, not saying that the the bigger sports stars don't have time for us, but um, you're just a, a small part of their very busy, you know, life. So, um, but my first job, which um, still, you know, still one of my favourites, was actually with Richard Branson. Oh, yeah. um, so I started at the Sunday Times. Um, and my dad, who had just he just passed away before I started at the Sunday Times. He um, he was a big fan of Richard Branson, being an English businessman, and yeah. and um, I got the opportunity to spend half a day with with Branson, and we you know got photos of him. You know, I'd done the job I needed to do, and we were just hanging out on this boat, and I was just sitting at the back of this boat, and he he worked his way down to the back of the boat and just started chatting to me, and and. Uh, he just wanted to know my point of view about going to Bali from Perth, which was really odd. Virgin had just released the flights okay. from, from, from Bali to Perth. And yep. he quizzed me for about oh, 10 minutes about, you know, why people from Perth go to Bali. And it was the most surreal conversation I've ever yep. had with anyone. And he was genuinely interested in what I had to say. And um, I just thought there's this guy that deals with, you know, hundreds of people, thousands of people throughout the year is worth billions and he's interested in what this press photographer from Perth who will never see ever again um, has to say and I thought that was um, that was a pretty special moment but um, probably says a lot about him as a person as well yeah. because I, I think he obviously a very clever businessman and, and I, you know he would look at that and say okay well I'm trying to sell a product I've got this this flight to Bali yeah 
and obviously not understanding just how close it is for us in, in Perth and probably how isolated we are as well. I mean, I know, um, you know, as a, as a father of a toddler, you know, there's been times I sort of looked and gone, oh, gee, we'd love to go away for a couple of days. Yeah. And then you realise just how far away from everything in the world that we are. Yeah. Um, well, and that's why Bali is such a big thing, but he wouldn't know that unless he had the chance to talk to people well, like you, I suppose. I mean, he didn't get the idea of, um, of people driving, you know, four or five hours when they can fly two or three hours and be in, in what you know, some would think is paradise, you know. So um, I've never flown with Virgin to Bali, so I wouldn't know <laughs> what they're like. I don't even know if they still fly there. Just, I'm not sure if they do. No, no. But look, um, that you know, and I mean, the, the countless um, sports stars I've dealt with um, have been awesome, but it's, it's, it's a lot of the people that, that you know, their stories um, probably would never get heard unless yeah. it was for the time when we put them in the paper. I just photographed a... A 17-year-old um, Muslim author, um, which she just went into STM this weekend. Um, you know, this this girl, uh, 17 years old, just got a three-book um, deal, and she's writing about sex. You know, so there's you know, and she's a Muslim girl, and and you know, just dealing with people like her. And I mean, I can't even remember what I was doing at 17, but I certainly didn't have a three-book deal. No. Um, and yeah, just people like her um, who. Are really interesting people she may never become a superstar she might become you know the next um big thing who knows but um yeah no there's been some pretty special people and i mean you've had a bit to do with uh, i've seen over the years some of the telethon kids and things like that and obviously yeah. some of the hardships they've been through and and you know capturing that and putting it into um you know into a context that people can sort of understand and relate to and, and yeah. you know, some fantastic causes there i suppose you yeah. as well oh the kids um the kids are probably the best part of the job to be honest um obviously being a dad now myself and and um i mean you deal with you deal with the the two sides of it you're dealing with kids that are happy and healthy and you know and then you're dealing with the kids that um are sick and you know potentially might not be around for long and um it's it's pretty like it's pretty tough but um yeah it's sort of hits home you go home and especially from those jobs you go home and give your kid your own kid a bit of a hug and um that side of the job um the things we cover um probably can make you a better person you know and especially those jobs with the telethon kids and i'm i'm still friends with a couple of the ones that are photographed and um yeah they're pretty special kids and i mean not not to promote Seven West at all, but the work they do with Telethon, um, you know what the amount of money they raise, especially with Telethon, is just mind blowing. Yeah, you know, it's pretty iconic in Western Australia. Yeah, isn't it? The amount yeah. Of work goes into I mean, it. they don't they don't have to do that, and you know, and those kids, some of them, um, you know, like we went to a car yard to Barbagello, and um, this kid just wanted to look at Lamborghinis, you know, and they got they let him sit in this six hundred thousand dollar Lambo, and and seeing the smiles on that kid's face, you yeah. know, just um, and, and knowing what he's he's going through with his you know with the hospital and the treatment yeah. and all that sort of stuff is just mind blowing you know yeah. um, and if they can smile and find joy in sitting in a car you know um, we should be pretty happy and healthy you know so yeah yeah it's not it's not exactly the the hardest thing no. to do to put a smile on no. a face is it no, not really I actually I noticed on one of your um, Instagram posts it might have been a few weeks ago now and it's funny I remember seeing it and thinking at the time that it probably it says a lot about you as a person you'd bumped into you were you were tasked with getting a photo of summer or something and instead of heading down the beach and getting the generic you know kids jumping in the, in the water or whatever you headed down to the water feature at um is it forest chase there yeah and yeah. you bumped into um someone that you photographed there and said oh you know do you want to do you want to come and get yeah. a photo and um i mean 
we, you know, especially with summer, um, we need to go and get girls at the beach, you know. Um, pretty girls, Cottesloe, yeah. iconic shot. Um, that's the go-to shot. And, um, you know, I didn't really want to be going down the beach on a 38-degree day with long pants on, trudging through the sand, trying to find pretty girls. And then, so yeah, I pitched the idea of going to a water feature, one of the, you know, or even just down to one of the jetties. And so it was just potluck, you know. Um, saw em, uh, Emily, so that's Emily Price. She, um, she's pretty well known in regards to what she does. She She's a really good kid. You know, she, she models for Target catalogs and, you know, for a kid with a disability, um, she yeah, she's sort of sees past it, and um, so I just saw down yeah, just saw her running through or you know getting wheeled through the the fountain, and I just thought that's the shot, you know, yeah. pink pink wheelchair, city in the background, fully clothed, you know, yeah. they're all fully clothed, all the kids, and it just made a really nice shot. Went the uh, paper ran it on page three, and yeah, the bonus points of her being an ex telethon kid was you know certainly noticed, yeah. so. Um, you know, scoring brownie points with with the boss is always pretty good. So, nice, just um, a slice of luck, I guess. The way yeah. I worked out. Oh, mate, that's the way. That's the way we roll. I mean, um, you know, you can you can stay at a job, um, you know, for hours, and it can be the last photo you take. Um, it could be the first photo you take, and spend there, you know, spend hours on a job. You can you can be there f- for a day and not get anything. You know, yeah. it's a lot of it is luck. I mean, yeah. there's there's skill involved um, to create the picture. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if Emily had been there an hour earlier, I wouldn't have got the shot, you know, and it just, and the way they ran it in the paper was really good, you know, and just, you know, I'm glad they kind of, they don't shy away from using, um, you know, especially kids with disabilities, they don't shy away from using shots like that. It's it's not a traditional sort of shot that they would normally use. And, um, that side of it's pretty good that we can do stuff like that, you know. Oh, Help, really? helps promote Emily a little bit as well. Yeah, so. of course. Of course, that's just a bonus. You touched on briefly there, um, uh, you, know, that, you know, sometimes it's the first photo, sometimes it's the last, and the amount of work that goes into creating these photos. They don't, you know, I've got a camera on my phone, so does everyone these days, but it's not as easy as just pointing and clicking as much as people like to think it is. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the, the rise of the amateur photographer and, and how that compares to someone who does it professionally um, for a living? Because obviously a lot of people now say, oh, you know, why would you do this? Why would you do that? And, um, I mean, that must be frustrating for someone who, who puts his heart and soul into the craft that, that people sort of go, oh, mate, I've got a phone, I don't, I don't need to, <laughs> um, you know, get someone who knows what they're doing. How, how do you feel about that? Yeah, it's, it's funny. Um, like, uh, especially um, just with the sports photography, you know, you can go to a, a waffle game um, and there'll be 15 people taking photos on the sidelines. Um, none of them are shooting professionally except for me and maybe one other some of them have better equipment than I do, um, but essentially, it's not. You know, it doesn't really affect me a lot when they we start when it starts costing us jobs. I guess essentially, um, that's when it becomes a problem. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I carry my phone and do a lot of my stuff on you know on my phone. I think the the best camera you have is the one you've got on you. You know, so. Um, but, you know, there's a lot to be said about the guys that send things in um, and don't want to be paid for it. That um, that has affected the industry a lot. There's yeah. a lot of photographers that think they're doing the right thing by by sending in images that they should really be getting paid for and they think they're doing the right thing by getting a foot in the door. And essentially, it's not so much costing us, the guys that are already in the industry, it's, it's costing them opportunities down the line. And yeah. it's something that... 
it does affect the industry a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, people sending pictures, everyone's got cameras, but essentially for the business of papers and media, it's a good thing because um, now all of a sudden you've got, um, instead of having 10 photographers on your books, potentially you've got hundreds or thousands if there's a camera, mm. someone on site taking pictures, um, then you're going to get an image out of it. So, um, And I mean, I guess that's affected, you know, if you, you, know, if you go back to... Year nine, year ten, kid doing work experience. There was opportunities for you there to to move into a role as a photographer, yeah. where now there maybe isn't as many. Oh, uh, there definitely isn't. I mean, especially um, you know what I'm noticing when I go and do workshops at schools and chats at schools, especially um, for the kids wanting to become photographers. I mean, none of them really want to become press photographers, which sucks, um, which is a little bit sad. But um, you know, they all want to shoot fashion or sport or um, okay. or music or you know the really cool stuff. Which we do, we do all of, you know, when you're a press photographer. Yeah. Um, but they just want to create um, art, and I think that's the best thing about the way um, photography now is is so accessible. Is that there's this creative avenue for people that probably wasn't there, you know, early on. There's there's you know, fifty, sixty year old housewives that are picking up cameras and creating beautiful pictures, and you know, there's kids, you know, as young as eight or nine you know taking amazing pictures so photography now is a lot more accessible than it was and i think that's essentially that's probably a good thing yep. you know Unreal. i mean probably a week doesn't go by where you don't get the chance to pick up a newspaper and see a photo of yours on the front cover and then you flip over and there's probably another photo of yours on the back cover as well is that still every bit the thrill it was when you when you first saw that uh yeah oh definitely um and it i mean at times it probably seems a bit arrogant but um I mean, just take the weekend, uh, just gone, you know, I had three front pages across the country um, and um, it was a buzz, you know. Um, it's, yeah, it's still, I mean, if you're not um, aiming to get pictures in the newspaper when you're a press photographer, you might as well, you know, give it away because, um, so yeah, that's, that's still the buzz. And I mean, we, um, I don't want to say compete, but we have like agency photographers that we shoot against, say at sports. So. Yep. And there's this little... Is that like the Gettys of the world? Yeah, so yeah, Gettys, um, AFL Photos. And I mean, we're all we're all mates, but if you see one of their bylines in the paper and not yours, you know, it's pretty frustrating. So, um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, that's that's why we do the job, you know, yeah. is, to, is to get the pictures in the paper. And, um, yeah, it's, it's still a, a really big buzz, yeah. yeah. Can you remember who your first front page was or back page? <laughs> um, Putting you on the spot here. Yeah, no, I mean... Sunday Times, um, I guess, was a different beast because we were owned by News Corp, you know, so papers all around the country, um, images would be getting used um, everywhere, you know. Um, so my time at the Sunday Times was probably, it's probably spoiled me a little bit because I expect back pages and front pages all the time. Um, this day and age, especially the way the West is at the moment, um, essentially they're not you know, they're not running pictures on the front as much, you know, so um, no, getting getting the back pages and front pages don't happen as often, but my first, I think my first front page was down, was it was when I was at the Mail, started at the Mail. Oh, it was uh, the Mail local Yeah, yeah um, I think it was a girl from the council and we were promoting a, um, they were giving away the local flower, the Mandra flower, which is a Templetonia flower, and I think it was just a shot of her holding a, a seedling or something. But, um, 
yeah, it's, yeah, it's certainly not one of my finest no. features. But <laughs> yeah, um, um, yeah, there's been a, there's been a few, but you know, ultimately the back page and the and the front page is is the goal. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, pretty stoked when you get that. Yeah, of course. Do you have a um, Do you have a handful of photos that stand out to you as, as some of the favourite photos you've you've taken over the journey? Uh, I do. Um, I, I'm not a I'm not a collector of my own pictures. I don't okay. have a I don't really have a portfolio. I, I I squirrel them away on a hard drive. I certainly wouldn't um, put them on the wall or anything like that. But the, the favourite pictures I've taken, as opposed to my best pictures they're kind of different um i've created pictures that i've loved and um and that have been pretty special you know they've been important times of a player's career or whatever they've been really good technically um and they might have got a good run um but then there's other pictures like um i had i've got my picture on the front of ricky ponting's autobiography oh, so um uh, i was gonna say true colors i think that's um different book though yeah. my way ricky ponting uh, my way. i forget what it's yeah, called i haven't yeah, read it though i know yeah. the photo so um, yeah, so my photos on the front of his book, you know, oh, really? which I didn't um, know it was your photo. Well, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, you know, like technically, it's not a great picture. Um, in fact, I got stuck behind the pack. Uh, everyone's um, centered around Ricky and his family um, after his last Test match. Um, at the Wacker. At the Wacker. Yeah. Was there, yes. Um, and I got stuck behind the pack and. I couldn't get the shot that everyone wanted to get, so um, I, I stood behind with my my telephoto and um, and just got a shot of him walking towards his family with this sort of this look of joy and I guess relief that it was almost all over. And yeah, um, I just I, while we've been talking, I've just pulled it up now. It's at the close of Played by Ricky Ponting. Ah, there you go. And it's um, but that's yeah, he's got the baggy yeah. green on and it's yeah. weathered. It's all tattered. And as you say, he's just he looks pretty content, pretty yeah. happy with himself. Yeah, and I mean. You know, you love your cricket, and um, you know that there's there's certain moments, I guess, in our career that um, you know that will live on longer than probably longer than Ricky and longer than I'm alive. And um, there's not especially much... a player like Ricky. Pine, yeah, exactly. You know? um, so I mean, that's people don't pick up that book to look at the photo, but no. um, to have it on there is a pretty you know it's something that's going to be kept for a while. And um, so that's a pretty special pick, but technically it's nothing you know, great, you know, yeah. I've put in a lot more effort um, into into pitches. I think, I don't know if that was the series, was that the Ashes? That... Uh, I think that was against South Africa okay. from memory. Yeah, so, I mean, when we... Uh, might when be we, completely wrong there. Yeah, <laughs> when we won the Ashes, when Jono just tore through everyone and... Yep. I think the, Chris the Rodgers... Yeah, Chris, Chris Rogers took the, the last catch to, to secure the Ashes and... Um, that series, you know, I would shoot cricket and get plonked down the sunny end at the Wacker for the yep. whole the whole five days or whatever it is, and which was torture, you know, forty degree heat, yeah. you're having to spend all day. Um, but that series when Jono um, tore through um, the palms, he he was facing me the whole time, wow. so I had all the shots. Yep. You know, the the snapper down the other end didn't have much at yep. all. Because obviously the end he was bowling from meant that every time he took a wicket he was running straight towards Yeah, that's towards right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and back in those days, we, we well, when I was covering sport a lot more, I would set up a, a remote camera up in the stands. and So the series of picks I got out of that were, were amazing, you know. Um, so, you know, shots like that, I guess, pretty pretty special. You know, capturing a, a moment in time. Um, yeah, the grand finals, the AFL grand finals, the... You know, the we, we, as a passionate Dockers <laughs> fan, were you there in 2013? I was, yeah. And, and, was it um, hard to do your job? <laughs> it was, yeah. I mean, I mean, you, you, 
yeah, I mean, it was sad. You know, yeah. you deal with these guys um, on a professional level and you get to know some of them personally. And, you know, that that's the pinnacle of their careers. And some of them will never get back to that. I mean, look at Pav, you know, they would yeah. never get back to that stage. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you're having to... You kind of feel like a bit of a vulture, you know, you know, um, having to, to stick the camera on them. Unfortunately, that's the job, and they know that, you yeah. know. But, um, yeah, that was pretty hard. Um, yeah. I mean, equally, watching the Eagles win a premiership yeah, that would have been was pretty, pretty hard. hard as well. But, um, yeah. Sorry to all our Eagles yeah. listeners out there. <laughs> uh, but, no, it's, yeah, it's moments, I think, for us as press photographers, is the fact that you, a lot of the time you're capturing a moment. Um, yeah. You're capturing a moment in time that, essentially, if you don't capture, it's it's lost, you yeah. know. Um the test cricket and the sport, um, the football, if you're not getting wickets or marks, mm. you can't ask them to do it again, you yeah. know. So that's that's the best part about that sort of stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, Has digital changed that? I, I imagine, um, you know, back in the day with film, as you say, you didn't know what you had and you also probably couldn't just take, you know, 20 photos in a row, you know, one after the other. And oh, it's changed it dramatically. I mean, I when I was shooting footy, um, as a 17, 18 year old down here on film, you know, you'd go with, with if you were lucky, you'd go with two or three rolls of 36 exposure. So yep. you'd have 100 to 150 shots, yep. and that was it. For a whole game of footy. Yeah. Um, yep. I, can, I can take 150 photos in one marking sequence now. Wow. You, know, um, you know, Josh Kennedy takes a mark and celebrates a goal. Yeah. Um, there could be 150 photos just in that. Yeah. You know? So. Um, yeah, it's kind of, it's probably, you had to pick your moments when you shot on film, yep. um, but now you're capturing everything, which I guess essentially is important, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. probably hasn't made me, uh, it's, it probably hasn't made me a better shooter, but, no. um, you know, things are different back More then. More flexible, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I mean, you're shooting with manual focus lenses uh, back then, and, you know, a lot of the technology wasn't there, so... Um, Having said that, you still with the modern technology now, you still miss shots. I mean, mm. there's there's mates that have missed shots that others have got. You know, um, Nick Nat Nui's Mark of the Year yeah. um, a couple of years back. Uh, mate of mine had a bit of hang time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, mate of mine had had prime spot. You know, got the very first jump, and then the camera back focused, and he had ten photos of an out of focus Nick Nat oh. Nui and and ten perfectly framed shots of the crowd. You yeah. know. Whereas us on the other side of the, the pitch, um, we all got it, you know. So, um, but it, it happens. You can't, you know, you can't get everything. So, what's your what's your favourite sport? Because I know you love your cricket, your footy, like me. What do you have a favourite sport to photograph? Oh, the AFL, hands footy. down. Yeah, I mean, I um, you know, I didn't know what AFL was before I started. Really? Yeah, my press photography. I, my dad took me to to one game of waffle yeah. when we were kids, and when and um, who did he follow? Oh, mate, I didn't really follow anyone. I, no. f I followed Perth because it was our capital city. But okay. So Dad took me to this, uh, I think it was Swans versus Perth, and we had, um, we had uh, corp like, you know, tickets through the business that yep. he worked for. And um, we didn't, I didn't understand it. He didn't understand it. There was yelling and carrying on in the crowd, which, you know, we didn't kind of get, you know. Yep. Um, and we left not knowing what the hell was going on. Wow. Um, and then, yeah, fast forward to, to 17 when I got my job down here at the Mandra Mail. My first game of AFL that I ever watched was was the Mandra v South Mandra down at, oh, the down, Derby. at down at Falcon. And yeah. um, 
yeah, I had no idea what was going on. My dad came down um, and he had no idea, but... Because um, your dad, your family's English? English, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah so, so we were brought up. So wasn't a, a, a passion for them, no, I guess, they didn't no, grow up? No, not at all. Uh, it was aerial ping-pong, as my dad called it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, but I mean, that day I just fell in love with it, you know, yeah. like... Um, so grassroots footy was... Yeah, got, oh, got yeah, without a doubt. And look, grassroots footy got me my job. I worked for the AFL um, for three or four years, and, and um, when I got my job with them... Um, my portfolio was pictures of Mandra and South Mandra in my portfolio. So, That's um, yeah. So I mean that yeah, it's, it's it's arguably the best way to watch footy. I mean yeah. back then you could drive your car down to the sidelines. Yep. You know you could reverse your your wagon and sit in the back when it was raining. And I mean it was a, everyone you know loved it. Yeah. You know, you, and I mean there's still grounds around Australia you can do that now. And, oh and, yeah. I mean you wouldn't you'd struggle to do that at Optus Stadium. No, well <laughs> back in the day you could do it with Peel Thunder. You yeah. know you could you could uh, you could reverse the car and watch from the the boot of your car watch Peel Thunder in the the dark days of when they first started at Russian Park and um, oh mate it's local footy is just the best. You yeah. know the characters and people running around. I mean we. We were lucky enough to have Roger Genzer and a few other characters running around. We had this guy called the Sheik who had this cloth on his head, and okay. you know they were for for four hours of every week they were like heroes, you know, and and then they were just normal people for the rest of the week. But yeah. um, I loved it. Um, I did a bit of writing as well, wrote a bit of local um, f- football write-ups, and um, it was the best. It was something. Yeah. I mean, even now I still look forward to shooting the footy every week, and I don't do as much as I used to, but. Um, yeah, it was pretty special times. It's interesting to see, um, and I can sort of see you talking about it, your, your face sort of lights up a bit. It's, yeah. I mean, you can't fake passion like no. that. And, and I'm not the most creative of people in the world, but I, I dare say that sort of comes through in your work because yeah. you, you do enjoy it, you, you love what you do. And, um, you know, I mean, you, as you say, four or five days of a test match, 40 degrees heat on a, on a whacker over which didn't offer much shade. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got to enjoy what you do to be out there for that. Yeah, well, I guess the conditions... Um, can really make or break the photos, you know. I mean, we sit um, on the flip side to the hot days of the wacker. You sit in the the pouring rain at the footy, yep. and um, I mean, bearing in mind you're having to to file as well, so you've got a laptop running next to you, which you're trying to keep covered. You've got 30, 40 grams worth of camera gear that you're trying to keep covered. You're trying to stay dry, cap- capture the action, um, and it's I mean, it's stuff that kind of people I guess don't realise is we're having to to capture the pictures and then send straight away, especially yep. when you, you've got deadlines with Eastern States papers. And um, So how are you sending them? Because obviously a lot of the files must be pretty big, high-resolution photos and stuff. Yeah, uh, it's just through the through the systems that they have, the FTP. and okay. um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's nothing worse than than uh, having a picture editor call you, you know, seconds after something's happened. They, they're sitting in their dry office watching it on the TV and you're in the pouring rain. You know, and you're trying to send pictures of whoever doing whatever, and you've got this pickhead saying, "Oh, by the way, did you get that? And we need it." And you're like, "Yeah, you know, I got it. Just yeah. wait five seconds." And it was there. Yeah. So, um, but the challenges of that, um, they kind of make the job fun. You know, yeah. like the the guys that are shooting sport in WA, there's there's probably only a handful of guys, and we're all like best mates. You know, yeah. and um, whilst they essentially you're competing against them. Um, you're still helping them out. I help them out as much as I can with captions and that sort of thing. And um, I mean, my passion for sport and for especially AFL really helps the job because I can 
you know, I kind of know, I guess, what's going to happen and you can yep. kind of predict the plays and, and you know all the players. So, um, you know, it's, it just, yeah, yeah you kind of have to have a little bit of passion for sport to be able to be a good sport photographer, yeah. yeah. So if I, let's just pretend for just a split second that I'm the genie and I can grant you one, one wish to do any photography job anywhere in the world, any sport, any event, any, you name it, you can do it. What, what would you love to do that you haven't been able to? Um, it's funny, the photographer in me now uh, would say uh, the Olympics. Okay. Um, you know, uh, and I thought that that opportunity was, was lost um, after leaving News Corp um, because I thought um, with News Corp that was probably the best opportunity to go and shoot an Olympics. The News Corp still um, cover a lot of sport and they do it really well and I mean as do as do the West, but um, I thought that was an opportunity I'd have to shoot um, the Olympics. Um, I've been to a few AFL Grand Finals, which I've loved. Um, I mean, there's something like the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm not a massive NFL fan. Um, I'm starting to watch it now, but the spectacle, you yeah. know, would be half, huge. Half a billion people watching yeah, on TV. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah, I reckon, yeah, I mean, I, I've... I've done a lot of things, I guess, on a, a local level that would equate to to shooting some of those bigger things, you know. Um, I like to think that shooting a, an AFL grand final might be similar to, to shooting. I mean, walking out onto the MCG as a press photographer um, was a pretty big thrill. Um, yep. And I imagine that thrill I wouldn't get if I was just going to a generic ground, you know, to shoot a Super Bowl. So, um, so that was pretty special. But... Um, I don't know what else. Um, I guess if I was 20 years old, you'd, you know, Victoria's Secret one ratio <laughs> or something like that would be pretty cool. But um, you see, especially with the Olympics, um, you know, you can see the power that the image um, has, you yeah. know, um, that iconic, well, that's now iconic, that shot of um, Cameron Spencer's of, of uh, Usain Bolt, you know, the blurred shot of him looking over his shoulder, you yeah. know, you know, he's Big smile on yeah, his face. I mean that, that will live on forever. Yeah. And I mean, that made, that made, um, Usain Bolt a, a household name, but it also made Cameron Spencer a, a household name. And, um, and I mean, that's the, that's the power that the image still has, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I always thought I wanted to, to photograph war torn countries and, and that sort of thing. I got into working for newspapers, wanting to, to sort of cover current affairs and breaking news and that sort of thing, but yep. um, that that stuff really wears you down. You know, you're seeing yeah. the, the the bottom of you know the the very bottom of humanity, and and you know I spent spent three weeks on Christmas Island covering the refugees coming in and and just doing that every day it was just horrible. You yeah. know, um, yeah. and I mean not not to get all political, but I mean that something like that is always going to affect you. And as you say, you're dealing with something that's not the nicest of scenarios. No, no. I mean, that... Um, yeah, I mean, before then, it was just pictures in a newspaper. Um, you know, and everyone's got an opinion on refugees, and, and I did too, to be honest. And um, and then, you know, you, you go up there, um, everything's really expensive up there, so it's costing a lot of money, and you're thinking these people are coming in through, you know, the back door or whatever, you know. And, um, and then... You know, seeing little kids, you know, babies coming in that, you know, are screaming coming off the boat. And my boy was a baby when I went up there and that sort of thing really hits home. And I, I wouldn't think that um, 
having to cover that sort of stuff all the time would be pretty healthy for wouldn't no. be that healthy for you. No. So I mean, as you say, you said this, but we go to you know, some of the the real war torn parts yeah. of the world, and yeah, I mean, yeah, more power to them because I I couldn't I couldn't do it as you say. It'd be yeah. such a, an emotional toll, and um, yeah, it's it's interesting. You're right. You know, you look at photos on the internet or pick up the newspaper, and you know, oh, that's that's no good. But then it's it's being there's something different again, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, oh, definitely. And I mean, I guess back to that power of the image. Um, you know, there was shots from that um, from that trip um, that people were emailing me. You know, months afterwards, you know, both thanking me for getting the image, and then others, um, you know, the minority that were critical of um, the refugees. But, and I guess because I'm active on social media, they could find me quite easily. And um, but it, it kind of hit home how um, how impactful. Um, what we do is, you know, they see a picture on a front page. Um, I mean, the headlines don't reflect my opinion, you know, that I just take the pictures, but um, so people would contact us thinking that, you know, I was agreeing with whatever the headlines were saying, which doesn't often um, happen. But um, so it was, yeah, it was kind of interesting because that was the first real taste of, of anything heavily political mm. that, that I've had. And, um, kind of didn't really enjoy it to be honest but um as much as i loved being on christmas island it was yeah it was an eye-opener and it changed my point of view but it was not something that um i really enjoyed and you know i'd take a take a game of footy over that any day (laughs) so it's politics is an interesting one and obviously you've taken some you know a lot of you know huge political leaders and and things like that. you've done a lot of photography with that um it's such a tricky one though because it's so and particularly in australia we've got this two-party system and it's so tribal you know, you're either with us or against yeah. us, and it's this. Um, and I, I don't know if I fall into the minority or the majority, but I sort of sit. Um, you know, we've got one party that sits this way to the left, and one party here that sits this way to the right. And I think I don't think there's such a thing as everything to the left, everything to the right. I think every issue is different. I think there are times when one side is is maybe a bit better than the other, and and then other times I think the truth sits in the middle. Yeah. You know, um, this this right leaning left leaning thing I I don't know about everyone else but I, I get a bit weird down, you know, yeah down oh, yeah it's crazy and I mean it's funny some of the guys on the left don't agree with the views and they probably share the views of the people on the right but they're they're in that party and you know that's who they've signed up with so they have to agree I guess yeah. um, but it's funny like the politics side of it um, you know it's another another avenue of photography I, I love you yeah. know I love. I love the process of elections. Yeah. Um, I've worked with some great politicians, worked with some pretty bad politicians, become friends with some politicians. It's a really interesting, op- you know, opportunity for us. And I mean, yeah. as I mean, not to get political, but as Australians, we're pretty lucky to be able to elect the people who represent us. You yeah. know, um, and it's something that, um, without again, without sounding all kind of geeky and and um, on my high horse, it's something I kind of hold. Um, Pretty in pretty high value, you know. Yeah. Um, we only have to look at the American system, yeah. And you know, voting's not compulsory and things like that. Yeah. And, and you can see the, um, um, again, we're, we're venturing into territory that's you know really got nothing to do with yeah. me. But it's um, how on earth does a does a political race come down to the wife of a former president and a reality yeah. TV star? Yeah. Are you telling me that they're the two smartest people in the country for the job? I, yeah. I just can't no, believe that. It's crazy. And I mean, we've we've got guys and I get well, women, men and women um, representing um, in federal politics that have got through with like a percentage of a, a vote, you know. And I mean, there's obviously flaws in the way our system works as well, but 
yeah, that that ability to be able to elect. I mean, even at a grassroots level, local council, you know, um, half the people don't care about that sort of stuff. Um, I mean, these are people that are making decisions that we can we can have a say. And um, yeah, it's it's strange. I mean, that you know, they're in the firing line so much as well. Like it's odd. You, you from our point of view, we see these people as um, as politicians, but um, you know, for us, they're just a lot of them are just normal people you know and um i'm going to photograph julie bishop on the weekend um i wouldn't class myself as a liberal voter um but she she's a she's a saint you know um i love working with her she's great to work with um as a foreign affairs minister she was amazing um did some massive things massive loss for federal politics um you know but She's she's great to work with and all you know all that she's very photogenic. Yeah. Um, but then you know favorite. You didn't take the Red Hills photo, did you? No, no I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. But yeah, yeah, that was a that was a strange choice for a front page. But um, it's funny how things become iconic like that, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, just little things. Yeah, I mean, we were. We, I, I spent an hour with the journo interviewing um, Julie on um, during the week, and I mean, the process of putting a, together a story is something that will never get old for me. I love watching a journalist, especially, you know, someone that's at the top of their game, which a lot of the political reporters are. Um, love watching them just chip away and try and get a story. And, I mean, someone like Julie Bishop, um, you know, she knows what to say and what not to say. And um, I was there with, with, with Joe, our political reporter, for about an hour in a cafe, just, and he, he got... He got this story that was just massive, you know. Oh. It went went around the country, and um, unfortunately, he ate into my photography time. You know, <laughs> I, was, I was supposed to have fifteen minutes, and I ended up with two minutes. Okay. He, was, he was still trying to interview her while I was taking the pictures, but he had something that was pretty special. And um, you know, she's yeah, she's going to be a great loss. But um, mate, the the uh, my favourite politician to work with is Pauline Hanson. Really, you know? so. I don't agree with anything they, <laughs> they stand for. You know, I don't... Um, I, I just can't believe that people, you know, that follow that party um, can because it's it's just a strange... They don't have... You know, they is it because she's just such a character? Oh, she's, she, she is who she, she, is, who she is. You know, she, you, you know, I mean, I remember photographing her when One Nation rolled around, you know, the first time and we photographed her down here you know, when I was working for the local papers and then and then recently having to follow her around when she's been over here a few times. She's the same lady, you know. She says what she's thinking and um, and maybe that's not a good thing all the time, but um, she's that's a character. That's probably also part of her appeal to yeah. some people, oh, I it guess, is. isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but she's a character. And, I mean, you know, we, we, we've had characters in politics um, over the years and, yeah. I don't know, they've kind of been, it's kind of been diluted a little yeah. bit, you know, like... Yeah. Yeah, again, like fair bit of media training these yeah, days. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They're told. I mean, I, I followed um, Pauline at a gun show. Okay. And um, and so they said, look, Pauline's going to go and shoot a gun. Um, and I'm like, you know, the politician's going to have a shotgun in her hand. That's a photo, you yeah. know. <laughs> okay, we got shots of that. And then she walked around the um, walked around the uh, the exhibits, and she was picking up like high powered rifles and and just without a care in the world and and I'm thinking oh my god this is gold you know that's there's unreal this, yeah and she, you know there's shots of her handling these machine guns and stuff and and when when my picture editor said oh what have you got and I'm, I've just said mate I've got gold I've you know 
It was amazing. But take take yeah, your pick. Yeah. So, um, you know, will I vote for her? Probably not. <laughs> but she's just great to work with, you yeah. know. So, yeah. And um, that's, I guess that's a big part of the job is being able to put aside any preconceived ideas of people and, yeah. and just you know, take it for what it is yeah. and go yeah. from there. Yeah, I mean, people probably need to look at Polly's a bit more that way, you know. Um, you know, I, yeah, they just have this opinion of them. And, I mean, they're... they're Bloody hard-working people, you know. Mm. These guys, especially the federal politicians, the WA-based ones, yep. they get paid a lot, I understand that, and you know, but they, you know, they're they're away from their families a lot of time. And, I mean, you've got to look at, like, Tim Hammond, who, who um, retired or got out of federal politics last year. The wear and tear on his young family was just immense, you know. Mm. Um, and, I, you know, you've got to look at that side of it as well as, you know, these people kind of bag politicians, you know, constantly on social media and they're still family people and, yeah. you know, it, it's, yeah, the wear and tear is pretty, pretty shocking on them, so. Yeah, unbelievable. All right, well, mate, we could probably talk all day, so I should probably <laughs> probably wrap this up. I'm going to fire a couple of quick questions sure. at you. Um, Sorry about that. <laughs> no, mate, well, mate well, you know me, I'm exactly the same. <laughs> probably you and I meeting is an interesting story. I, I followed you for a long time on social media just because I loved all the sport photos, and I, you know, as you know, I'm a bit of a tragic for that. And then um, sort of through mutual friends we met, and, and you know, here we are today. So, um, mate, you, you obviously, uh, where's home for you and manager at the moment? Uh, we live in Soldiers Cove okay. uh, in Dudley Park. Um, yeah. Bought a house there several years ago as an investment and um, just love the area. It's, it's perfect for us. Big yeah. block and close to the city and, and we walk and, you know, it's close to the water as well. So recently um, renovated and extended and, you yeah. know, built the forever home. So, yeah, um, yeah mate, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. a really good spot. Yeah. yeah. And um, uh, is your favourite thing to photograph the jetty down the road from your house? <laughs> Oh, you'd think so, wouldn't you? <laughs> um, yeah, look, I mean, I used to walk a lot um, with my um, my work schedule. I was starting at 11 o'clock most days, so okay. I used to go walking as much as I can. I find that really therapeutic. And, um, yeah, I mean, I used to walk past the jetty, and it's quite funny because, um, you know... It's become I, iconic on your social yeah, media well, now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the old bridge the old bridge was a favourite for a while as well, but okay. obviously that's gone. But the jetty... Um, those jetties are really cool. Like they they're are. all privately owned, and you know I've kind of got this this goal that I'd love to just own one, you know, okay. before I before I finish up. And um, but I've met the people that own some of those jetties, and you know I take pictures on them all the time. But you go down there any day of the week, and there's someone down there photographing them. There's people sitting down there having picnics, and yep. um, that little part of the foreshore is a little hidden, yeah. sort of gem in a way because. I see obviously where where offices for work and stuff, and you see people walk all the way down. They get to what is the new bridge now, and they sort of oh yeah, and then they turn around and head back. But if you keep walking, there's some beautiful oh, spots further it is, down. Yeah, and I mean that uh, you know that that side of the bridge is probably would love to see that as the next part they're going to spend some money on because yeah. um, the museums over there, and yes. you know it's a it's an area that a lot of locals don't know about, and um, yeah, that walkway runs all the way down to Soldiers Cove, and yeah. it's funny you go for a walk and you know. You just want to kind of chill out, and everyone you walk past says good day, and you yeah. know it's um it's almost like a step back in time when yeah. people were polite. And I yeah. mean, admittedly, I'm walking past them with my headphones on, trying to <laughs> trying to not say hello. But um, yeah, no, it's a really good spot. At, um, you know, it's a special part of Mandra. So excellent, yeah. mate. If I was a a budding young, let's say I'm a 15 year old interested in photography, I've got my iPhone, I've got my Samsung, whatever it might be, and I'm I'm enjoying taking photos and stuff. If you could go back and, and 
talk to yourself at, at that sort of age and what advice would you give someone who wanted to get into it as a, as a career or, or, or were passionate about it? Uh, I just tell people to take pictures, to be honest. Um, there's there's a, a void between um, enjoying photography and doing it as, as a job, you know. Um, I, for a long time, didn't enjoy doing photography away from my job. Okay. Um, it's interesting. Yeah, so um, I would, you know, I would always get given a camera at functions and, and events and I'd always show up to places and people would say, oh, where's your camera, you know? Um, but doing it for a living, um, it's, it's a bit different. Um, now, thankfully, I, you know, obviously I've had my boy and um, I, I like taking pictures of the jetties and the sunsets and so I've found enjoyment in parts of photography away from, from work. But yep. um, it's all about just taking pictures. I mean, you, you get better as you go along. Um, thankfully, there's, there's things like YouTube and, and, I mean, Instagram's a great source for, for inspiration and mm. working out how you can hone your craft. And Hasn't that become a juggernaut? Mate, it's amazing. I mean, you can become, you know, minor celebrities on there, you know, for no reason. Um, but... It's also a really good opportunity for people to interact, um, yep. you know, and it's it's great. I love it. Um, yep. You know, it's it helps get pictures out there, especially when you like. From my point of view, I take lots of photos, and not not many end up in the paper, so I can use it as a kind of like a B roll. You yep. know, I can put pictures on there that perhaps didn't. Um, get seen um and obviously because you're choosing what goes up there you can put your favorites yeah, up, which as you say might yeah. not maybe make and the paper i can tell this i guess i can tell the story behind the picture and um but yeah no it's a, and, but i use it as an opportunity to to get inspired you know yeah. i if i'm going to an area um that i've not shot before i might search a hashtag and um so i guess for people coming into the industry they a need to probably work out which part of the industry they want to go into because becoming a photographer is just such a broad mm. it's just such a broad business these days yeah um they want to probably concentrate on a section of the business they want to they want to go into and then it's just all about taking pictures and honing your craft and it's not all about having the best equipment no, um no. you know well, as you say some of those amateur photographers on the side have got the yeah. you know the big cameras and expensive things and maybe more expensive than yours yeah. but, but you're the one on the front page yeah, of the paper that's right <laughs> and i mean like i said before it's 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 so accessible i mean they, these phones that are bringing out amazing cameras you know the software that you can get as an app that's free you know um it's photography is so accessible and um i like the idea of people taking it from a hobby and earning money out of it um it's not easy you know um it's not easy for us trying to do it on the side you know like um you know with me having i guess a little bit more of a profile than some others um it's still pretty tough you know like it's a tough it's a really tough gig so well that um, sort of leads me into the the next thing i was going to ask you you've got the the garage set up the (laughs) the studio yeah um and you're obviously dabbling a little bit in the some you know profile photography and a few other things tell us about that um, look, to, to be honest, the, the, the idea of the garage um, studio was was a backup just in case um, I lost my job, you know. Okay. So there was a year where the Sunday Times um, was going to be bought by the West. We, weren't, we might not have jobs. Um, I don't know how to do anything else. So, um, you know, it was either come here and um, get a job with you guys or make coffee or, or try and... Um, You'd be a good real estate agent for what it's <laughs> yeah, worth. <laughs> yeah, well, I've just got had my barista training, so okay. uh, I can now make coffees. But, um, yeah, and I just I just thought I needed something, and so we were renovating the house, 
Um, there was talk that we would make the garage um, more of a photo, photo studio than a than a somewhere to put our cars, and um, unfortunately, it was going to get too expensive and probably impractical. So I've um, I just decided to to promote it as a photo studio, even okay. though it's just a two car garage. Yeah, but cool. but it's just again, it's just an avenue that um, of getting back to enjoyment. Um, you know, I, I photograph people in there that um, I, I like to photograph and I want to photograph. I'm not making money out of it yet. Um, I've done one big campaign in there for the city of Mandra, which yep. um, which is pretty. Some, you've done some great photos for the city of Mandra. Yeah, oh, look, they um, you know, they're really good to work for, and and um, you know, without sort of getting all sentimental, they are doing some pretty good things with the city now, especially yeah. you know um, yeah. with the new mayor and um, and the way they promote the city through. Uh, Facebook and their social media through their campaigns is really good, and it's good to be part of. They're very, they're very visual, so it's good to be able to create create some stuff for them. But um, that campaign was the Mandra Matters um, campaign that they did, and yeah. so we it was quite funny. They they asked if we had a space, and uh, Reese, you know, the mayor knew that I was spruiking this home studio, so he said, you know, Dan's got this home studio. Why don't we do it there? And I had one of their media teams say, oh, have you got a home studio? And at that stage, we didn't even have a driveway. So right. um, so I said, oh, look, kind of. But, you know, look, I have been talking it up, to be honest. Um, it's, you know, I can, we, can, we can do it there if that's yep. fine. But So throughout the day, we had, um, yeah, we had about 12 kind of different people from all walks of life um, come into the, you know, trudge through the yellow sand at home into the studio. And right. We, we pumped out that Mandra Matters campaign, which was pretty cool. It was funny, we had the the, the uh, marketing gurus with their laptops set up in my kitchen and and um, yeah we had this team of creatives in my garage and right yeah it was, it was quite funny but that's yeah. unreal so like local businesses if they've got um, you know staff they want to do profile shots of if they want to um, you know some really high quality photos of their business itself and, and what they do you, you can sort of do a bit of that yeah that's I mean that's the avenue that we oh, I'm going to take with it um, creating I guess just just Good quality portraits um yeah that's that's the idea is eventually um have it at, you know because it's central you know you can you can kind of nip in and and have a portrait done pretty quickly and yeah. i guess I, I saw it as a, a bit of a void in the market a little bit down here as well yeah um so yeah eventually um i mean it's still sitting there a little bit unused at the moment but um eventually it'll yeah it's going to be and I yeah. yeah yeah awesome well I've got um, if anyone goes to my website the first <laughs> photo they see is a photo you took of me yeah. and mate I'm not the most photogenic <laughs> person in the world so anyone that can get a decent photo out of me must be pretty good at their job oh, so look. mate on the social media side of things um, obviously we've chatted a fair bit about it today where can people follow you uh, well I'm Lensman Dan so it's at Lensman Dan on Instagram uh, and Twitter um, and if you just um, search for my name on Facebook, it should come up. Yep. Um, so Daniel Wilkins? Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. And I, mate, you know, I love my social media. Um, you know, I love sharing pics, probably too much, um, but um, love the interaction. So the, the idea of being able to chat to people that I don't know. Yep. Um, well, you and I became friends through it. Yeah. That's a perfect well, example. Look, I, mean, I don't know if I've told you the story, but your dad was actually my dad's ad, ad rep yeah, at the radio that's, that's station. True. So, yep, you know, Man, Mandra being that kind of little... Uh, Everyone knows everyone town, but um, you know social media. I guess is um, yeah has its has its negatives, but 
the idea of building, you know, friendships and um, is a massive positive. I mean, I bump into people walking along the foreshore that follow me on Instagram and um, it's great. Like, you know, they wouldn't come and say hello to you if they didn't know who you were and yeah, they, they certainly wouldn't know who you were if you didn't have your Instagram account. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's it's great, you know. I love oh, yeah. it. So. Excellent. Well, Dan, thanks so much for your time today. Thanks, mate. Um, I've, uh, mate you and I can talk all day, so we better better yeah. cut it off here. But, um, yeah, I definitely implore anyone who's listening, jump on and, and check out your Instagram page. And I reckon they'll be blown away. I was going through it last night, just sort of uh, in my mind, trying to come up with a few um, questions and stuff. And to, as you can see, today's completely unprepared. It's just sort of been yeah. a chat. And I was scrolling through, and, um, and I'm not a big baseball guy, but I love some of those photos you've taken of the Perth 8 guys. So... Uh-huh. Definitely, um, definitely check it out. And um, thanks for coming thanks, on to buddy. The, this Manager Life podcast. Good luck with it. Thank, Thank you. you. Daniel Wilkins, such a lovely guy. And definitely head over and check out his Instagram page when you have a second, which is at LensmanDan, L-E-N-S-M-A-N-D-A-N. And you'll get a real appreciation for some of his work. The man is absolutely an artist with a camera in hand and um, it'll put a real smile on your face. Now, a couple of cheap plugs, if you don't mind, guys. I'd love you to head over and check out our Instagram page, which is at This Mandra Life, very simple. And the Facebook page, which is just This Mandra Life. If you search that, you'll find it there. And it'd mean the world to me if you could like and follow along on both of those platforms. Obviously, that's going to give us a, a platform where we can communicate with our audience. We can let you know about upcoming episodes. And it's going to help us grow the platform and, and grow the podcast as well. So uh, if you're enjoying the podcast, uh, I would really appreciate it if you could do that. Um, obviously, just in terms of helping us spread the word, there's a couple of ways you can do that. You can do it with a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you choose to use, um, whether it's iTunes or Spotify or Google Podcasts or any of those. Um, jump on, give us a review. Um, hopefully, it's something nice, and that obviously helps us get the word out there. And if you have um, a friend or a family member or someone who enjoys podcasts or even someone who doesn't, but you think they'd, they'd get a kick out of listening to a, a local manager podcast, let them know about us, um, uh, you know, help them set it up, get them listening. And uh, obviously we're going to grow, uh, grow our audience one person at a time. So um, really appreciate everyone's help with that. Now, next week I'm having a chat with Ricky Longshore. Ricky is the driving force behind Ricky Longshore Creative. Um, he's a, a wonderful illustrator slash um, videographer uh, he's um, very uh, very passionate and very creative and artistic guy so Ricky and I actually um, went to school together for quite a while and um, he had a, a bit of a challenging upbringing and, um, uh, and and a few difficulties in life I guess that he overcame so he's got a wonderful story to tell um, and yeah really looking forward to you checking it out and having a listen thanks so much for tuning in and look forward to seeing you next week cheers guys